doing that, I was face to face with it. It was holding me by my throat. And it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's, there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages. And at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old. And at that point, it'll wipe religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy looking being. Welcome. I'm your host. And this is uncomfortable. Welcome back, my friends. I am your host, Eric Salagi. If you've had an uncomfortable experience and you'd like to have it featured on the show, please get a hold of me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Uncomfortable Podcast 65. Most importantly, please share the show with others and make sure you leave us a five-star rating and review where you can. That is the main way that you can help in getting this show out in front of more people. Finally, I would like to announce the launch of the Uncomfortable Patreon. Many of you have asked how you could help support the show, and this is the best way that I have found to provide you with exclusive content in return for your support. There are three tiers. Please go to patreon.com forward slash uncomfortable podcast 770 and see if any of them may appeal to you. Patreon will be the only place where you'll be able to see the video shorts of A Little Uncomfortable and then the longer Afterthoughts series. All levels of Patreon will receive shout-outs during the upcoming episodes. You will be able to enjoy, at any level, all of the podcasts ad-free. The link for the Patreon page and our Discord server will be in the show notes below. Now, tonight's guest reached out to me via email with a number of things that happened throughout his childhood and teenage years that has led him to believe that there was some sort of an oppressive force acting on him and his family and ultimately caused a strife with his church community being less than understanding of his questions. So, if you're ready... Let's get into it. Hmm. 
So if you will, please give a warm, uncomfortable welcome to Christopher, the host of The Banished Apostle. How's it going, you guys? That is a very... <laughs> that is a very... Yeah. It, it, it doesn't leave a lot to the imagination. It, 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 <laughs> it seems very specific. I, I would it, definitely say so. And when I first read it, I was like, first of all, that's a great name for a podcast. I'm glad. <laughs> but, but I wonder what what's the story behind that? So for a lot of my life, I, I've somewhat been the outcast and looking at life in a different way. I'm very analytical. A lot of people call me OCD. Um, my wife says I have somewhat of a, a special kind of uh, brain, if you could say. Um, and as I, I grew up, I started to want to understand who God was and whatnot. So I'm just going through a bunch of scripture, not able to read. I haven't, I wasn't able to read until I was like 15. And so I, I, I was attempting to read uh, the Bible as I grew up and I understood the basics and I, I got into ministry and all they wanted to do was actually teach the basics. And I'm like, I understand that. And I started uh, getting with a couple of uh, people that knew what I would call like high theology or what everyone calls high theology. Just trying to understand God better, not just, you know, um, the gospel. So I would study that just day in and day out. And I remember one point in time I was meeting up with a, a group of people and we're sharing our experiences, what we read, what was going on during the week. And um, one person turned to me and said, if you guys have any theological questions, you can always go to Chris and he'll answer them for you. And it wasn't like, Oh, you know, you can go to Chris and he'll, he'll help you through it. It was more of like, he's always wanting to study these things. So go to him. And um, I would see this throughout like my church life, whether it was me studying theology or me studying cryptids, paranormal, anything like that. So I feel like I was pushed out from the church, not to say I don't go to church or I don't believe it's, I've been shunned basically. Oh, here comes Chris. He's going to be talking about some crazy stuff. That's basically where it came. I felt like I was banished by the church. And I'm sure there are many people in this world who have questions about where we come from, who created us, why are we here, what is our purpose, who do we serve, should we serve anybody, you know? Absolutely. It's just questions. I agree. You know? I agree. So I feel your pain when, yeah. you, when you tell me the story behind how you came up with the name for the, the podcast. And kudos to you for for not running away from that that stigma um kudos to you for embracing it um because as i've said and obviously this person did not pay any attention to what i've said um (laughs) open-mindedness critical thinking follow your gut make if the thing doesn't make sense it probably doesn't make sense. 
No, absolutely. If, if you don't mind me just uh, telling a quick little story regarding being rejected. Um, I was in college studying philosophy and I was served a question regarding the problem of evil. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm a thinker. I like to, you know, I literally, if, if I don't have something in my ear listening, I will think myself to death. And, you know, my professor provided me the question, you know, you say you believe in God. What could that mean? So my professor provided me this question saying, you know, since you believe in God, how do you, how do you uh, figure all this evil in the world? You have the Holocaust, you have people being molested, raped. I mean, whether it was an outside person or within their family. Mm-hmm. And this was a huge question for me. I'm like, man, I've never really thought about this question. Me being a believer, taking, I believe, my religion seriously, I'm like, I should have an answer. And this has to do with Timothy, him saying you should always have an answer for the questions that are provided to you. And I didn't have an answer. And I was, I was very freaked out. I started searching the internet, just absolutely doing as much research as I possibly could. And on top of that, I went to several different pastors asking them, what does this mean? How do I remedy remedy this? And I've gotten several different answers. One being, you know, that's not something you should worry about. And of course, me being who I am, I'm like, let's, uh, let's rethink that being, we should, we should have at least an somewhat of an answer ready. Another one saying, you know, you think too much about these things and that was not good enough. Or have you studied, you should be studying God's word. And I'm like, do not talk to me about that. And one person telling me, you know, if you buy my book, it'll give you an answer. (laughs) And luckily, luckily, you know, you know, we, we all falter. We all fall. Regardless if you believe anything, whether it's Hinduism, Christianity, being a Muslim, whatever you believe, you know, we all falter. Okay. So I understand that. Luckily, I found five different answers to the problem of evil. And obviously, I'm not going to go over it, but they should have had the answer. I am not a, I'm not a studied pastor. I, I do not have a doctorate. And, you know, this religion, they, I I feel being a subject matter expert, they should have had those answers, but they didn't. They, they basically, like I said, the banished apostle, they pushed me away. And so I feel you when it comes to this. Like, I remember listening to that episode and you said it over several different episodes uh, of this. And I'm like, I, I, I understand, you know, there should be answers to your questions. You should never be pushed away. And well, see, I, I think like which, with what you experience, those, those retorts to your questions. Um, and I've, I've made this argument many times and it's like, so your preacher or your pastor or your priest mm-hmm. or whoever, who's standing up in front of you, who's, who's preaching the word to you. Yeah was taught by a man who was taught by a man who was taught by a man who was taught by a man. Now, 
they open the books, but anybody who reads anything in the Bible will be faced with, it's not an easy read. Yeah. And there has to be a certain lens that you put on and the perspective to take when you're reading it to help you understand that. Yeah. So if, and human nature is to be lazy. So <laughs> if, if somebody say father Joe um, asks a question and he doesn't want to find out the answer for himself by digging deep, then whoever he asked that question to, who was in a place of authority above him, tells him their, their skewed perspective of an answer. And yeah. then, then he repeats that to his congregation and then so on and so forth and so on and so forth. Um, um, that's not to say that everything that comes out of their mouth is wrong. But yeah. when somebody has questions and they're earnestly looking for the answers, don't Absolutely. to be dismissed is a terrible feeling. Yeah. It's a terrible feeling. And it's and it's a terrible wrong to do to that person. If you can't answer that question, then point them in a the direction to somebody who can answer that question. Blind exactly. faith, blind faith is not an answer. It is for some people. Yeah. It is for yes. some. And that's okay. It doesn't it doesn't make me a bad person because I have questions. No. Absolutely not. But yet we're made to feel like we're wrong and that we're bad because we're not just accepting what's being told to us. Well, do we accept everything that our government tells us as truth? If you do, you're a damn fool. I would hope not. <laughs> you know, do we believe everything that Putin says is true for the, the Russian government? I hope not, because if you do, you're a damn fool. Whenever you put man into the equation, no matter yeah. what it is, you run the risk of a narrative being portrayed and executed for the benefit of man. Yeah. Now, whether it's one person looking for power or whether it's a group of people trying to exert a lot of dominance over a lot of people, that's how it's done. It's how it's been done. You know, you can you can look back into history with different religions and see that religions have done this to masses of people. Yeah. For eons. So I'm, I'm sorry. That, no, that, no, that, absolutely. I agree with you. Like one of the things that always pops into mind is like the black plague and the answer the church gave, Oh, it's, it's a judgment by God. It's like, mm, let's, let's give a, let's, let's try to give a better answer. Let's, let's like do some empirical work here. I mean, if you even study the old Testament, it says to do certain things when people get sick and do we follow that? No. Yeah. But we're going to just go ahead and call it a judgment of God. Cool. Cool. That's a good answer. And then everyone looks at us like stupid. Well, and, and when you hear that, when you hear that it's a judgment upon man by God, what does that do? What does that do to you? Strikes fear in you. 
doesn't it? It makes yeah, you, right. it makes you fearful of God and his power. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, you know, sorry, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to, to digress and get away from, but like, I, I, I absolutely think this is important. And that's why I feel so passionate about, you know, spreading the paranormal to whether you're a believer or non-believer, but yeah. especially the believer. Hey, we started out as spiritual. You have to be spiritual in order to believe in Christ. You have to. And then once you, you know, cross the bridge, you're no longer spiritual. Cool. Cool story. How did you get here? <laughs> but I digress. So now that we got a pretty good understanding of why you've named your podcast that, um, let's, let's get into some of the things that you, you were telling me about in your email as far as, uh, the oppressive, oppressive nature of things. I think you said started maybe back as early as seven or eight years old. Uh, absolutely. Um, I've been really pondering this and uh, talking to my siblings, I am the youngest of three. I have an older sister, but it, it starts as early, honestly, as like my mom. Uh, my mom has experienced oppression throughout her life. Um, she, I remember her telling me about being held down by some entity. You know, people hate saying the word demon. I, I definitely would call it out, you know, a demon being held down. Um, and then talking to my sister saying, you know, I've, I've seen these things, I've experienced these things, I've heard voices. And then to be honest, I've, I don't recall from, I mean, the earliest memory that you, any kid could possibly have is like five years old from five years old to 19. I don't remember very much, but what I do remember are these, uh, demons or oppression or dark entities that have seeped in my life. And it was, uh, it started back when I was like five. And at the time we went through a period which my mom was unable to really support us. And we were homeless. We're homeless for a good period of time. And luckily uh, my grandma allowed us to stay with her and the first memory I can actually recall is looking up at my grandma's house. So, I mean, regardless, you could look at any house and um, picture this. I would see this dark figure and it's, it's super unusual because normally when you hear about dark figures, you're thinking, Oh, it's, it's probably nighttime. They seen a shadow move in the darkness that was darker than what they were experiencing. Sure. No, I would literally see these things daylight. It didn't matter what it was. And my first experience would be looking in at my grandma's house. And in the back right-hand corner, there was this dark shadow, faceless, just sitting upon my grandmother's house. And... I mean, sitting on, sitting on what? Sitting on the roof? Yeah, sitting, literally sitting on the roof. And um, I talked to my sister about a, two weeks ago, 
and we were going back and forth. She was relaying the information. She told me like, I'm sorry that you blocked out a lot of the bad stuff that happened in her life. And I was like, yeah, no, I, I really want to know this. And she started telling me like, you know, all this, all this dark stuff started happening like right from the beginning, um, even before you were born. And I was like, yeah, why did you ever have a, a bad feeling about our grandma's house? Did you ever feel like oppressed just even approaching? I remember driving down to my grandma's house and literally feeling like, I mean, one could say depression, but oppressed. And as we got closer, just darkness just seeping in. And she tells me, yeah, no, no I, I experienced that. I experienced literally seeing these entities going into my grandma's living room and just sitting there. I mean, in the middle of the night, watching these things communicate to one another. And it would, you know, as a, as a kid, we have to use the restroom. So she would literally run from our room into the kitchen, which there was a window and it would be peering in the moonlight and she would have to stop and she would see these things. And it's not like they ignored her. They looked at her as she ran toward the restroom. Well, you you said communicating with each other. What, what was the, how were, how were they communicating? Um, I mean, I guess you can say I'm kind of alluding or uh, guessing that they were communicating, whether or not okay. I knew they were communicating. I got you. It's, but there was sitting, like there was more than just one and they're all sitting down in the living room and it's an a, unusual experience that she was having. Um, I asked her, you know, like what was going on? You know, like there was just sitting there. And as she approached the kitchen, they would look at her. And she would stand in that little window where the moonlight was coming in as she tried to dart to the restroom. And I asked her, I was like, is there any other experiences that you had regarding this? And she's like, yeah, I I would see them all the time. I mean, one thing that really comes to mind is them sitting on the roof. And I'm like, wait, wait. Can you like, what do you mean the roof? Can you like explain that a little bit more? She's like, no, they would be sitting in the roof and they would literally, I don't know if you remember this uncle, but in his room, you could see them standing above on the roof of the room. And I'm like, okay, so you're talking about like right backhand corner of the house. And she's like, no, absolutely. And I'm like, that's, there's no freaking way. And as a kid, Obviously, in growing up, you could think, ah, oh, these are like, these are like childlike imaginations just happening. And then hearing, like, literally two weeks ago, her describe exactly what I saw, exactly the position it would sit in. It like goosebumps all over. And like, I can't remember anything from my childhood but these experiences. And for her to say, like, yeah, no, it it didn't matter nighttime or daytime, it would be there. And like, I can't really speak a lot about my family because of their relations with, you know, 
whatever it might be they have relations with. But when it comes to these things um, and experiencing the same thing she did, I, it was just like, as an adult, I'm like, holy crap. It must have not just been my imagination as a child to experience the same thing in the same position, you know? That, that was kind of a cryptic statement that you made about not being able to speak to your family's relationship with, are you, are you saying that your family's relationship with these entities? I mean, that's a really interesting question, but what I was alluding to is that my family has, um, gang related affiliations. Okay. Um, so like I can't really specify exactly what was going on, but just saying, yeah. Um, but I mean, when it comes, I I'm, I'm Mexican and, um, a little bit of everything else. So if you understand Mexico and their religious practices, there's a lot of stuff that comes into that. So bringing it over from Mexico into where we lived was not uncommon, whether it's Santa Maria, um, you know, Wic, Wicca, I mean, name it, everything was thrown there. So it, it wasn't unusual for us to see these things. I mean, it was, it is, was the, so is, that, is that pretty common with, from your culture from, from back in Mexico? Are those, um, are those things typically kind of all jumbled together? Um, it's, it's really unusual because my understanding most Mexicans are Catholic and not only do they practice Catholicism, but they also practice like St. Maria, like worshiping the dead, worshiping certain entities. And um, so like, it's like having two feet on both sides. It's like, well, you know, I'm with God, but I'm also just in case I'm going to be I got you. You know, talking to these things. So definitely, I mean, and that's literally like the thought process. I'm going to be talking to these things so I can get like that worldly interest going on right now. Yeah. So I can get my stuff now. Um, but kind of like moving from that, uh, something as I was discussing with my sister, she was bringing up like, you know, didn't you ever realize when at this time my mom and dad were no longer together? They, they weren't divorced, but they were split. She's like, didn't you ever notice whenever we went over to visit our dad, there's a lot of stuff around. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, just the neighbors. And where my dad lived, it was a five acre property, had five different mobile homes and then one actual foundation house. And the people that were living there uh, as a child, I didn't know what they were doing, but as an adult, I mean, more than likely they were on something because they would be up all night partying and sleeping during the day. As a kid, you don't realize that. As right. an adult, you're like, they had to have yeah. been on something. And I remember this one specific night. Um, it was during the weekend. We'd visit my dad at least once a month and we we're driving down and he would work really long hours. So by the time we would get home, it'd be nighttime. And I see this moon as I'm traveling through the dirt because we're in the boonies and we'd be going up and down the hills. I see the moon when we start approaching the property. We have one mobile home as you enter the property to the right. And as you go down a hill, 
you see our mobile home and then directly to the right, you'd see the actual house. And I remember seeing this dark entity just sitting on top of their house. And were there any defining features of these entities? I mean, so were they hulking? Were they thin and gaunt? Were they, did they have wings? You know, was there anything? I understand that they're dark and there's, they're featureless, but you must have seen, you got an impression of, of what the silhouette. So like, it's so hard because as you remember these things, things change, right? As you retell a story, it always changes. But as I got into understanding who cryptids were, I can literally say it was in the form, the body meant of the Wendigo. And I'm not too sure if you're familiar with the Wendigo. I am am familiar, yes. uh, So like not horns, like you couldn't see the face. There was like facial features out the window, but the body was very gaunt and just elongated not like uh, if i had to give it height maybe six foot one six foot two but very thin very drawn yeah exactly and it wasn't like a defined shape it was it wasn't a blob but it definitely had shape to it but i couldn't say like oh yeah it was you know i could see the muscles and whatnot so yeah, that's that's the way I would kind of picture it. Is is, is the Wendigo is that part of your guys' uh, culture? Um, so my grandpa is Blackfoot. So being like Native American, yes. Mexican, not necessarily. I would assume just because of the culture um, with Aztecs and the Spanish coming over, you could say yes. But on my grandpa's side. Yes, it would be a part of it. Gotcha. Um, but, you know, those stories transition, whether it was called Wendigo or something else, there was always something there. Like you have, I believe, for the Navajo or the Ute tribe, you would have the skinwalkers, and some people report it somewhat like the Wendigo. Yeah. Was your dad aware of of these things being there? Did you guys ever have conversations with him about... That, that, I I love the question. I love it. Um, my dad, uh, something happened during birth to where as he progressed through, sorry, I have a weird way of explaining things. As he got older, he started losing like mental functions in his mind. So whenever I look back, he's unable to really tell me like what was going on. Um, he was also, uh, you know, drinking excessively, um, drugs were probably more than likely involved, but I don't know because either he won't tell me and he's just playing a really slick game or he's unable to tell me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I, I mean, when I, and it's, I have a strange life, I have an extremely strange life because even my mom, I don't know what she says can be true. So but no, he's never he's never told me about these things. That that was that was a that was a loaded statement that you just said about your mom. Um, can you explain? 
Well, you, I, you, you said, you know, there's things about your mom that can't be true. Yes. Um, if, if these things well, are off, if, if these things make no, you no, uncomfortable, no. that's, no. <laughs> that's why the show's called uncomfortable, <laughs> but no, no kidding, kidding aside. I mean, if, <laughs> if it's something that you don't want to get into, don't feel any pressure. I mean, just tell me let's pass and we'll move on to the next thing. Now let's, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Um, just because I don't think she, she definitely, I mean, she supports everything I do, but this is one thing she probably would not venture to listen to. But, um, so me, I, I was a mama's boy growing up. Absolute mama's boy. Love my mom. And, um, as, as I got older and I don't know, my, my, my sisters tell me my dad was abusive. Like I said, I don't recall very much in my youth. I, my mom left my dad for some other guy and I was living with my dad. I rejected my dad, which is super horrible. And I was living with my mom and I started realizing everything she told me. I specifically remember being in uh, seventh grade and my science teacher asking me like, what happens uh, when you fall asleep? I was like, oh yeah, your eyes roll behind or your, yeah, your eyes roll back behind your head. No, that's not the case. And there's multiple stories. That's just like the permanent one. Anything my mom would tell me being a single mother. And I totally understand. She was super supportive. She was always there. I love her to death now, you know, so whatever she said was written in stone for you. Yes, exactly. And I think that, I, and you know what? I am, I'm so glad she did what she did because now I'm a critical thinker. I don't take everything face value. Mm -hmm. um, and that's due to her, whether it be good or bad. Anytime, and, anytime you put on a critical, critical hat and, and use good thought processes, uh, I don't think, I don't think that's ever a bad thing. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, so all that, all that stuff happened. My mom literally, okay. So sorry, I don't mean to digress. I know we we're trying to get to a specific point, You're but, fine. um, there was one point in time where I was living with my mom, the boyfriend was there. He asked me a bunch of questions and, um, asked me if I messed with anything that was in his room. And I, I told him, no, I didn't do anything. And, um, this man was at least, I'm five foot five. I'm a short guy. <laughs> and uh, this guy was at least six foot two. I'm probably over exaggerating, but for me, everything's tall. <laughs> and he asked me again and again, and I was like, no, I didn't do anything. And he punches me and I, I fall back. I'm like, I'm not going to get into this. Obviously I've assessed the situation and either I have to kill him or I just get messed up. So I back away from the situation. I'm crying, of course, because I'm like 15. And I, I go to start packing my stuff. And my mom comes over and she's like, what are you doing? What, do, what are you doing? And I was like, uh, do you not see what he just did to your child? If he's doing that to me, I can only imagine what he's doing to you. And this is a 15-year-old, okay? Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's just like these thoughts in my head are always there. And she's like, I was like, what do you choose him or me? And she's like, but I love him. And I bounced. 
And uh, it was a hard time. I moved with my sister and this, this is, it's pretty good because before the split, my mom moved in with my dad, you know, and this was after me seeing him over the weekend. So she moved back in with her dad because we didn't have anywhere else to go. And from what my mom says, she prays to God. She's like, if you take me off of what I'm using, I will go back and be faithful to my husband. So I was seven. We finally get back with my dad and we spent a couple of years with him. But this one specific time I was home alone. My sisters were out with their friends and I'm in my house. And all of a sudden I get this really bad feeling. And I would say I'm very, and it's so funny. I would say I'm very close to the spiritual realm um, to where, you know, premonitions, you could say, have occurred. Um, you can chalk it up to like happenstance or, you know, coincidence, but I'm very close. Like whenever there's something bad going on, I, it's not always I can see it, but if it's somewhere close, I can feel it. And so I was in my house and I, I, I just get this really bad feeling and we're in a mobile home. There's a sliding glass door and we have curtains in front of it. And I'm like, okay, I need to get out of here. If I stay here, I don't want to look over my shoulder and see something. So I peek through the, the shades and nothing's out there. I'm like, okay, coast is clear. Now this mobile home is like six, I would say six feet off the ground to kind of balance it out because we're on a hill and we have a porch and then we have steps. So I sling open the door, sling it closed, run down the steps, turn around the corner and I'm trying to book it to my, my cousin's house. Now they're not my cousins, but we, I've known them for so long. They're pretty much my cousins. And as I'm running down this ravine to go up this hill to get to their house, I see in the corner of my eye, some dark shadow. And this is like one o'clock. Now, I mean, times can vary, but I see out of the corner of my eye and I look back and there's this thing. I, I don't, I don't understand what they have to do with like sitting on houses or sitting on the roofs, but it was there. And I'm like, forget this. I start booking it down the ravine, going up and shooting through because every house was, or yeah, every house was divided by bob wire. Shooting through the bob wire, trying to climb up this hill where I'm living at is Paris, California, and there's sand everywhere. It's not dirt, it's sand. So I'm trying to run up this hill, a bunch of rocks to get to my cousin's house. At this time, they were actually on vacation, but I figured they would be home sooner than later. I don't see any vehicles. And I'm like, I got to get away from this house. So as I approach the house, they have these huge windows, like kind of like a um, sunroom type windows. No one's in there. And I'm like, crap, what am I going to do? So I, I shoot around. I'm like, maybe they went to work and their kids are still there. I can play with my cousins and whatnot. I go to the back of their house and sitting on top of the roof is this dark I want to say demon, just sitting there, just like watching me, like following me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, no, there's no way. There's no way. Come up with a side plan. I go down the hill where there's a slab of concrete because we live in the dirt. 
we had a slab of concrete where there's a basketball court. I'm like, I'm just going to go down there, try to avoid this thing as an 11 year old, try to avoid this thing. And I start heading down the hill. And as I approach the slab, right behind the concrete slab is a, um, a shipping container and sitting on top of the shipping container is this dark entity. And are, are these, are these multiple entities or is this just one that keeps moving from house to house as, as you're, you're progressing down the lane, uh, you know, like each time that you, you look over yeah. at another building and there's one sitting on top of it, are there multiple or is this just one entity that is like blipping in and out? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I, just I, one. I, uh, I would, I would definitely have to say it was one, um, you know, in the Christian world, in the Christian realm, um, people say like using drugs, you, there's like demons attached to these drugs. And at the period in time, my mom was no longer using, but it doesn't mean that these things went away. And every time I experienced it, it wasn't like, oh, you know, I, I see a goblin or I see, you know, any other type it was like literally same shape, same thing every time. It was like it was following me. Like, I don't but know yet, why. But yet when you were in the house and your sister was trying to go to the bathroom, you said there were multiple entities, correct? Yeah. No, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, and that, that, that was the weird thing because, like I said, I, I don't have a lot of memories of my early childhood but that's why I reached out to her and I'm like, I need to know these things because randomly I'm, I'm remembering these things. Like, like I've suppressed these, these memories from, I don't know what childhood trauma. I don't know. I don't remember those things. Uh, I do. What I do remember is pretty freaking dark and it's, I don't know why, but it would have to be, the only thing I could see, maybe it's my dad and he's unable to tell me, but more than likely it's my mom and what she did and the things she was involved with. Um, just being spiritual. If you're involved with something, it's, it not only follows you, but it follows who, whomever you're around. Um, typically. Did, did your mom, did your mom practice Santeria? No. And that's, that's an interesting. I just recently, um, I was notified of something she did and I can't, I can't say what it was, but she did something that would more than likely attach, you know, whether it's being, whether it be demons, shins or whatnot. Um, she notified me, like I actually participated in something that would cause this. And it literally, I think it was like three days ago. She told me this and I was like, now this all makes sense. Um, yeah. Um, so it, it, has there been any attempt to rid the, herself or rid yourself of, of these things? I, I guess the, to further that question, um, you know, all this stuff took place when you were uh, younger. Um, are, are you still experiencing? So, not, I don't know what happened, but it was like a light switch. I I haven't experienced these things for about 
four years and I just recently made a, like three years ago, I made a move out of state um, to New Mexico and I haven't experienced it. And it's quite unusual because, I mean, I, I purchased a house and I was informed by my neighbors that the people that previously lived in it died. <laughs> and normally you would think that there would be some sort of, you know, whether it's good or bad, maybe a haunting. And then, you know, obviously this doesn't always occur, um, hauntings and whatnot, but me being who I am, I haven't felt anything, but I am. I'm, I'm so sorry. This is super unusual. My wife just told me this this morning. My son said, Hey, you know, down the hallway where dad's um, office is, I saw something. She literally told me that probably like two hours ago. And really? I'm like, what did I wake up? You know? Yeah. Because we've been discussing these things. Um, uh, I believe it's like a second episode. We talk about demons. Well, I, you know, I mean, I've, I've said this before and, and I'm sure it'll come up again. Um, anytime you start looking into uh, the abyss, as it were, um, it takes a while. But once your eyes get acclimated, you know, just like walking outside in the dark, yeah. Yeah. once your eyes get acclimated, at some point you're going to start seeing things look back at you. Yeah. And that's a different perspective I've never considered. You know, so if is, is you know, some of the, some of the people that I talk to who are, are, you know, devoutly Christian, um, mm -hmm. there, there is no in between. There's either good or evil and it, good is of God and evil is of the devil. Yeah. yeah. Um, myself, and this is just my personal belief, is I think there are varying degrees in between that. I think there are things that may not be godly, but they tend to lean towards God. And I think there are things that are not necessarily um, completely evil, but they tend to lean that way. And I think there's a number of different things in between. There's, you know, Obviously, there's demons, there's angels, there's, but I think there's there's a number of other things, creepy crawlies, and you know, yeah. different different layers of of madness. Actually, um, you know, when when you start getting into this, um, you know, with my with my experiences in my life, um, you know, I've been around a few things that have been decidedly negative mm -hmm. in close proximity to me, but I've never once felt that it was acting on me. Mm. Yeah. I was, I was in the presence of it. I was, uh, I was experiencing the peripheral uh, aspects of, of them, them or it being around, but I never felt, that it was directly attacking me. It's interesting. Um, I, I would, I would literally consider like, except for like 
two, three instances in my life. The one obviously on my grandma's house and then the one as it seemed to be following me as it wasn't necessarily attempting to harm me. But I mean, it sounds weird because normally if you see something that's dark, uh, unknown, you think it's evil, you know, Um, but it, it seemed to be like watching over me, not attacking me, but watching over me or following me. At least I have no idea. I have no way of remedying what I saw and what I experienced in those couple of instances where I seen these things. You've never really had a, have you ever had, Do you ever feel that these things are like acting on you? The so kind of I had to push, and to what extent, I guess. I had to kind of like push back to when I was around eight or nine, um, maybe older. But from what I could do with the research that I've done, from it was around two thousand and five, and at that time, I guess maybe 2004, the trailer of um, the exorcism of Emily Rose was out. And it was, I was basically, it was probably around nine o'clock and we're going to bed and I go to see like what's going on in the living room to get a drink of water, you know, as a kid does. And I hear the theme song of the exorcist start and I, I look at the TV and like, I, I, like the only scene I remember because I've never watched the movie after that <laughs> there's no way I could um, I remember the green light a man wearing a top hat in a brown I would assume brown uh, weather coat and green light right over it about approach a house to go up the steps and you have the theme song of the exorcist going on um, I ran back to my room attempted to go to sleep and then automatically I just get just the voice of like her, like the, 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 whether it was Emily Rose or whomever the exorcist was just like, just screaming, yelling, just saying obscenities in my mind. Obviously it wasn't outside. I mean, it could only be in my mind. And I, I opened my eyes and I'm, I'm, as a kid, I'm, trying to get under the covers, but curiosity always got to me and I'm looking down the hallway and all of a sudden, like, (laughs) um, the walls are uh, undulating, just moving, like just rhythmic, like breathing. Yeah, exactly. Breathing. And I start seeing these hands just pushing out like, I, I, I don't know if it's a thousand of how uh, or thousand of houses corpse. I, I can't remember the name of that house of a thousand corpses. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I don't watch horror movies. You guys, I'm sorry. Um, but they're pushing out like they're trying to escape and like dark, dark, I don't know. Um, blood type stuff just starts seeping through the walls. And as a kid, you're like, that's blood. That has to be blood. And down at the end of the hallway, I see her and I'm like, no, please. No, I'm just screaming. I'm like, mom. And 
where my mom was at this time. I have no idea. And I'm just screaming out mom. And like, from what I recall, it's like my sister's, we had a bunk bed and then a trellis. I was on the trellis because me being the youngest, I, they jumped down and they're like holding me and I'm like freaking out. I'm just screaming for my mom, screaming for my mom. And then like, boom, I'm in my mom's arms for some reason, screaming. And she's holding me. She's like, it's okay. It's it's okay. And I'm like, no, no, I see her face everywhere. Like anywhere I look, I just, I just, I see her, I see her face. And I, like, I don't know how to get rid of it. And I'm just hearing voices and my, my mom, the sun starts rising and my mom says to my dad, go get, um, one of our friends so that they can pray over the house. And they come over and they start praying over the house and like everything just starts calming down. And this is before me seeing the entity on top of the, the roof. Um, so like everything starts calming down, but it wasn't like they ever left. It's, it's, it's so, it's so strange because like this is literally forced me into my faith literally forced me. I remember being back when I left my mom moving to my sister's house and um, I started pushing away and, you know, not to get religious, but I started pushing away God. And at this time we were poor. Like I don't even remember eating anything. And for some reason, someone threw out a keyboard and I was like, Oh, awesome. I put it together, tried to figure out what was wrong, fixed it and started playing. And I started learning the song clocks uh, by Coldplay. And, uh, my brother-in-law left his phone. And at this time they were able to record. And I started recording myself just to see, Oh, does this sound good? Am I doing it right? And I recorded myself and I play back this, this recording and it's, it's going through the song and all of a sudden I hear it. And I'm like, what, what the hell is that? And I, I, I didn't remember this until I started talking to my mom. And she's like, Hey, do you remember that one time you sent the, the recording of you playing clocks and you hear something? And I was like, Holy crap. Are you serious? Like I blocked this out of my mind for a very long time. So no one was, I don't know why this always happens when no one's home, but I, no one was home. I run out of my room. I'm like, I'm not dealing with this right now. I don't want to do this. I started pushing away everything so I could do stuff. So I can just be okay with what I felt was sin. And I run out of the room and I wait for my sister to get home. She finally gets home. And I'm like, you need to, you need to hear this. And this is my oldest sister. I'm one of three. And I'm like, you need to hear this. I need you to tell me what this is. And I started playing it back. And she's like, what is that? Can, can you play it again? And I played again and she's like, what is that? Can like, just slow it down. If, if you can slow it down, slow it down. And we played again all years. And I'm just like, what? Like, do you hear that? She's like, is it saying get out? Like, and at this time there was a hole in the room that I was living in and from what she told me literally two weeks ago is that like the house they were living in, the person that was living it prior to them practiced who knows what, I don't know what they practiced, but they found, um, 
And she couldn't really recall whether it was a Ouija board or maybe beads or something. They found something in there that was associated with, um, I don't know, witchcraft. She cannot remember. I could not remember. But she was telling me, like, they found something. And the person that was living there prior definitely was doing some sort of witchcraft. And this was a week prior to my mom coming back because apparently she left. No one knew where she was. She was a ghost. So in the week prior to my mom actually coming back from wherever she was, I got the idea, and this was the time that Ghost Adventures started becoming popular. Me and my brother-in-law would sit down and watch it. And a new movie came out. It was The Paranormal Activity. And we sit down and watch it. And I was like, oh, you know, not a big deal. We can get through this and we're fine. You know, don't let any evil in your eye, whatever. Let's just push through it. We watched the movie. I'm like, hey, I'm going to bed. He's like, yeah, I got to go to bed anyways. So I go lay down. First night, fine. Second night, fine. Third night, not fine. I, The third night, I started feeling hands being pushed onto the bed. One after the other. I started feeling knees. So I'm feeling like, like literally something crawling up onto my bed. And I'm like, just go to sleep. Don't worry about it. And I went and this, this happens so often that I've learned. I don't know. I don't know if you're familiar with people praying in their sleep, but I've literally, I'm able to like, you know, I rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ in my dreams. Now, can I, um, can I like control my dreams? No, but I, can I do that? Yes. Uh, Because it's happened so often to where I would have these horrible dreams. And I experienced these things and I'm like, I'm just going to close my eyes and go to sleep. Could not do that. And I just started like rebuking whatever was there. Everything calmed down. And then a week later, my mom shows up. Now, a common thing that my, my family says is that Whomever is here is bringing baggage. And typically when we say bringing baggage, because we've dealt with this so much, we meant demons. So my mom comes and she's there for like two days. My, my sister starts setting rules and she's like, no, I can't do this. And she leaves. But in those two days, something literally came in and started messing with the whole house, whether cupboards would be open things would be just on the floor that definitely shouldn't be be there i mean to where it was like six feet up on a shelf no little kids can get to no reason for me to throw it on the floor and i recall once again this entity crawling on my bed not only crawling on my bed but shaking my bed extremely violent um feeling like being elevated not just me not me being elevated, but my bed being lifted up from the ground. And I was woken up probably around four, maybe three o'clock in the morning. My sister calling out my name and like Chris, what they called me was Toffee. But like, they were like, Toffee, Toffee, come. 
And at this time, my nephew was um, like sleeping in the same room I was. And I, I come running and I'm like, what's going on? With, like, what do you need? She's like, did you scratch my son? Did you scratch my son? And I'm like, wouldn't I, I, I've been asleep. Like, what would be the reasons for that? And this was literally the same night. My bed was elevating. And I was like, no. And like, I look at his back and there's three scratch marks. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? What is here? And she's like, if you didn't do this, we need to call our pastor and have him come and pray over the house. And like, say two days later, her pastor came over and started praying over the house. And once again, it's not like they left, just things calmed down for a little bit. Um, and uh, another instance is this is not like me physically seeing me physically feeling things. But like I was saying previously, um, I'm sensitive to this like spirits of the spiritual realm. And I went into the military, I got married. And then the first year of marriage, it was, it was probably like maybe three months into our marriage. I wake up randomly and I'm like breathing hard. And I'm like, Hey, I need to call my sisters. And she's like, what's going on? And I was like, I just, I literally had a dream about like the end of the world. And I'm moving from building to building, trying to get away with you, with me. And we're, we're starting off on a mountain a ridge, moving from building to building, going down to a valley. And I approach this building and I get through this gate, this, this gate, I turn to left and all of a sudden I see this kid just sitting there crying, just absolutely losing it. And I'm like, you need to come with us you should not be alone. They're going to come. They're going to get us. Me being a Christian, of course, it's like, you know, tribulation and whatnot, but who knows what it could have meant at that time. So I grab this kid. We start running. We're continuing moving from building to building, trying to avoid whatever's trying to find us. And we get to this one house and we're passing it. And this kid turns off and runs into the house. And I'm like, what are you doing? I, I could run in after him. And he's shifting through every doorway and we finally get to one room and I, I go in to grab him and he shuts the door and everything just disappears. And all of a sudden there's a bed in front of me with um, like lace, red lace running down it, cats jumping everywhere, bags everywhere. And all of a sudden I see my mom sitting on the bed once again, we didn't know where she went after she left from my sister's house. And she's like, Toffee, I'm coming home and I'm bringing baggage. And this was about, I had to, I was about, I want to say 17 when I was living with my sister from 15 to 17. And after this, I joined the military. I was probably like 21 because that's when I got married. She's like, I'm bringing baggage. And I, that's when I woke up, I called my sisters. I'm like, Hey, have you heard from mom? Where is she? What's going on? And she, my sisters are just frantic. They're like, what do you mean? Like, I haven't talked to mom in like two months. She was in Mexico. And I'm like, what the hell? And she's like, no, I haven't. I, 
I haven't heard anything from them, anything from her or her boyfriend, nothing. And I'm like, okay, I hung up the phone. I turned to my wife and one of our friends, they've experienced the litany, whether it's oppression to possession. And I'm like, you need to call her and make sure she's okay. She calls her. She's fine. And a month later, my mom shows up at my sister's doorstep and her marriage goes to hell. And your your sister's did. marriage goes to hell? Yeah. Like both of them, they were fine. And then my mom gets there. And of course, you know, anyone can do that. They can step into a marriage and demolish it. But the weird thing is that I saw, she told me she's coming home. She's bringing baggage. And then she shows up at my sister's doorstep, unannounced. No one knew she was coming. And she was there. You know, I am not a professional in anything other than the printing industry. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, um, I mean, just my thoughts on this. So much of what you talk about, you know, is related to dreams. And... I think I think a person's belief system and and what they've grown up with and what they've been taught from childhood and I think I think those things you know like when when you do experience something that is um, dark or oppressive or even evil um, I think I think things tend to manifest more in lines with your personal belief system than anything, you know? So, uh, you know, a lot of the things that you you've talked about have been, you know, very, um, very much run of the mill, what a a Catholic belief would be as far as, you know, the, the dark entities and, you know, I, I wonder, I wonder what part that plays in all of this, but also, it makes me wonder that you know your your dad with the the issues that he had with substance abuse abuse and and alcoholism um and then your mom uh you know dipping out on her kids you know i'm i'm not throwing stones at her everybody yeah. everybody makes mistakes and you know, they come back around and they make amends or whatever, but, you know, to dip out on our kids. I mean, there's gotta be something at play there that would, there would have to be something very significant to get me to walk away from my kids for two months and not have any contact with them and leave them wondering what the hell is going on. Um, So it kind of makes me wonder um, going back to the, the early part of your story about being at your grandmother's house when you were young, um, you know, is there, is there something possibly generational that you guys are dealing with that has been around because your sister herself said that these things had, you know, things had started before you were even born. So, you know, is this, is this some kind of a generational thing? Is this something that has carried over because of, uh, certain practices or belief system, you know, when, when your parents were still in Mexico, um, you know, is it, is it because of the, the drugs or alcoholism? Um, I don't, 
I don't know that I believe that the the drugs or alcohol themselves are demonic. Yeah, no, but, I agree. But yeah. I think I think that when you're under the influence of that, and and those things become an important part of your life, that the veil between good and evil tends to become very very thin. And when you're under when you're under those kind of influences, your spiritual self is compromised and being opportunistic, like I think they are, um, that's when they move in and, and try to get a, a grip on, um, something to hold on to. Um, you know, literally trying to find anything they can grasp. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. And, um, number one, like, at the time, I mean, throughout our life, throughout me and my two sisters' lives, my mom was constantly using. And not only that, just the position she was being put into, whether she chose it or not, of moving from couch to couch, living. I, It's hard for me to say this just because I, I don't want to, f- she's not going to listen to this, but like, I don't want to offend her. Sure but she had to do things in order for us to be fed or to live yeah, and stuff. So like, I mean, kudos, props, absolutely. Like, I'm the man who I am today because of her. And, but you have to let yourself go in order to commit these things mm-hmm. and that you leave yourself, you, you leave your disconnect. You have, exactly. You have to, your guards are down. You have to, it's not like you're unaware. You literally put them down and then whatever comes in, comes in. You're pretty much free market after that. Yeah. And that's now generational. My mom is extremely superstitious when it comes to these things. And, uh, she would say, yes, for me, I don't, I don't believe in like generational curses or anything like that. Um, we're all giving in and I'm, it's not that I wouldn't say someone else's experience couldn't be that. But for me personally, I can't say I believe in that. Um, for my own reasons, you know, I've chosen my own path. I've decided to make whatever I've done on my own, whether outside or inside influences. Yeah. And um, so all it's always linked to my mom, my dad, I, I can't really say very much about him. Even when we were living with him, he wasn't there. So I, I like, and now that I'm older, I'm able, you know, as you get older, you're literally able to have a conversation. You can talk about whatever to your parents. Some things are off limits, but most things are open. Unable to due to his, um, you know, mental, I guess you can say capacity and what he's willing to share. Yeah. So like there's gaps in my understanding when it comes to these stories. I'm a person that loves two sides. I will not agree upon something unless I know both sides. So it, it's, it's, it's very, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting because I have to come to conclusions on my own and not say everything's set in stone, but I have to figure this out. And I've, I've been doing this since I was like, I mean, five. So 
yeah, I've, uh, I've had crazy and, you know, I talk about this dream specifically due to the fact that this dream woke me up, told me what was going to happen and a month later it happens. And that's not only the first time I, I remember driving on the freeway or going, you know, typically in California, if it says 65, you're going 80, if not 90 miles per hour. And I turned to my mom and I'm like, we need to pull off. I just get this extremely bad feeling. I was like, we need to pull off. If we don't pull off, this tire is going to blow. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, trust me, pull off the next exit, please. And I start crying and just bawling. They pull off. Um, a day later, they were coming to pick me up. And the roads that they took to come pick me up from school, they're about like 35 miles per hour. And this is the only way I can reason it about 35 miles per hour, we're driving back to go to our house and the tire blows. And not only that, but my mom comes a couple of years earlier, my mom comes by, I was riding my bicycle and she's like, Hey, do you want to come with me to go do whatever errands I got to do? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to come. And she's like, what do you mean? You're not going to come, just come. And I'm like, no, I, I don't feel comfortable. I literally do not feel comfortable going with you. And, um, like I was saying about like my, my mental state, I'm unusual due to the fact that I say what I think. And that's the only way I can communicate. Um, I've gotten better with that over the years, especially having a wife. Um, so I told her, I was like, I just don't feel comfortable. And she's like, all right, I'm leaving then. And as she is going to do her errands, I get this call about 5.30. And they're like, Toffee, your mom's been in an accident. And their car's totaled. Now, I wasn't specifically told then at that instance that that was going to happen. But if I would have gotten in that car, I would have been wrecked. Yeah. And so that's what I like kind of mean when I say like, I'm in touch. Um with like the spiritual side. And I hate saying it because, you know, people use that for any which way. Well, no, I mean, but when you, when you have precise instances like that, I mean, I think that is a, a prime example of spirit at work. Um, you know, does it mean that you're, you're gifted or does it just mean that you are open to uh, accepting when, when spirit is around you? Uh, exactly. paying, paying attention to it. You know, I think there's a difference there. And I think that's a pretty, um, oftentimes, um, kind of misconstrued. Some people think that they're, they're gifted. I, I, I take that back. Yeah. I think everybody yeah. is gifted. I think, uh, I, I, many people don't try to apply themselves. Uh, they don't, they don't try to further the understanding of it. They, they, put it off to coincidence chance, um, you know, and, and they pay yeah. no heed to it. Um, other people recognize it and they try to, um, they try to hone it and, and try to do good with it. Some people try to do bad with it. I mean, it's, um, yeah. but yeah. <sighs> you know, not to speak ill of your mom, but I mean, it definitely seems that a lot of this stems from her. 
Yeah. And even though you've had some some terrifying experiences, I don't I don't really get the impression that they yeah. have it's overtly been after you. I think I think similarly to some of the things that I've experienced, I think you're experiencing the peripheral effects of of them being around. Um, yeah. They're letting you know they're there, and they're letting you know that uh, they have the power to affect things. Um, Absolutely, you know the dream stuff. Dreams for me are are a difficult um, a difficult one. Uh, you know, stuff that's prophetic that you wake up and you're like that really stays with you. And then two days later it, it happened, you know, that kind of stuff is one thing, but, um, you know, kids especially are, are very yeah, influ- no, influenced by things that scare them. You know, I mean, you were talking about the exorcism of Emily Rose and in your description of what you s- remember seeing, that was actually the poster from the exorcist. The exorcist came out in 72 or 73 and Emily Rose was in the mid two thousands. So, you know, I mean, what are the chances that you fell asleep and you had a nightmare because, uh, you know, I I don't know. Did you see part of the exorcist as a, as a young kid Um, or, or know anything about it? Um, You know, I mean, I, I don't know that there's, Many people that don't know that, you know, Linda Blair's head spun around and she p- spit out green pea soup and, you know, said a, a, a slurry of uh, obscenities at a priest. That was the <laughs> most that was the most disturbing scene for me uh, as the scene continued on. There was something very specific that she did that I could not believe they asked an actress of her age to do that, let alone Fuck. film it. And and put it out there for people to watch. Um, the rest Back of the, 72. What's that? Yeah. Um, yeah you know, that I mean, time. the rest of the movie I thought was a very very good, very well done, and it was terrifying for its time. Um, and obviously, the score, uh, just hearing the music, give you chills. Um, I, all that to say, I guess, um, you know, I think for me, dreams. Man, you you can have you can have a full on crazy dream about something that may have just been one little speck of of something you witnessed that you really didn't even pay any attention to, and then all of a sudden that becomes for whatever reason a, a main point of of a crazy dream. Um, so it, it's difficult for me to put a whole lot of faith into dreams, but you know, I mean, you you talk about seeing these these dark entities sitting on a house. That's a very specific, uh, that's a very specific thing. And that's quite honestly, that's creepy as hell. You know, that that's kind of like gargoyle ish. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, in fact, when you were talking about it, it's like, man, I wonder if that's got anything to do with, you know, where they came up with the idea for gargoyles to sit on the yeah. roofs of, uh, of places to, you know, obviously they were designed to scare off, evil yeah uh, but they look pretty damn evil themselves so interesting i've never i've never really considered that you know because everything has some truth in it whether it's a fairy tale or a legend and whatnot it's all built off of some 
truth. And I've never, I've never considered that, like whether or not those things could have been a representation of whatever someone in the past saw. And that's the reason why they created gargoyles because it never harmed me. And you know, and that's, and that's another part of, of your story that kind of, I know it's very easy when you say you see something that is dark, that we immediately put the association of since it's black or, or dark, that it's evil. Yeah. What if it's not, what if it's, what if it's one of those in between things? What if it's, what if it's something that is keeping an eye on you? What if, what if it was there to keep harm from happening to you? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. No, I I can definitely, because it literally never really did anything to me. But the the unusual thing is that like my sister saw it too. And, you know, like the one instance that she told me a week ago was that these things would literally like sit at the foot of a bunk bed and she'd be at the top and they would be peeking over and she would close her eyes and pull her her covers over her head and she would look again and boom, it'd be right there in front of her face, literally sitting on her, you know, like old hag syndrome. Mm. She's had, um, what's just like sleep paralysis. paralysis, Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's, it's so sad because like I said, I don't recall very much my childhood and she's like, you know, people are meant to experience the things they're meant to experience. I remember everything. And I'm like, and me and my older sister never had a good relationship up until about a month ago where me and her started talking about these things. And she's telling me all the stuff that happened to her. And I'm like, I can only imagine, no, no, sorry, excuse me. She says, I can only imagine what happened to you guys, that the reason why you can't remember this. Because we were in a bad situation. Yeah. All, like constantly. And, um, and for, for all I know, those things could have literally, I mean, I'm here today. I'm literally here today speaking to you. And for all I know, those things could have been, you know, looking out for me, pushing me in the direction I need to go. It, it sounds nuts. I know. And it's not what you would expect something of, uh, of, a, of a good nature to look like. Because we're taught that, you know, angels are light beings and they're going to appear as, you know, well, do they, do they really? I mean, maybe they do, but yeah, no, maybe they don't. Maybe they're not as noticeable if they stay dark. Something that comes to mind is uh, whenever, like I was saying, I was pushing away God and this would happen to me like three times in my life where I was just pushing away God every time. I did this and got further and further away from him. These things would always creep in and it was always to push me back because I never wanted to experience these things. And, um, I remember sitting in my barracks room, literally saying, God, please do not let this happen. Do not let me see anything. Do not push these things toward me so I could see you. I will come to you right away. Like I, it sounds, it sounds extremely weird. It's just like, now I'm okay with it, but before I wasn't, and I didn't want to experience these things. And I'm 
someone told me about, about a Bible, excuse me, sorry, told me about a Bible study and I kept refusing until that point where that happened, where I felt literally darkness creeping in to where I couldn't be alone. And I went to this Bible study and everything once again, just dissipated. And, um, there was, there was one more instance that I, I, I hadn't mentioned. And this was like after me seeing my mom come home. Um, I'm not sure if you were interested. Sure. In that. Yeah. We're here, man. Let's go. Um, so, and it, it's interesting because you, you talk about dreams and I don't, I don't dream. My wife, ask her a billion questions about dreams. She has dreams all the time. I don't dream. Um, it's kind of sucks, but I was asleep dreaming. I was laying on my bed in my dream and I have all these cats just jumping around, just like the little baby kittens. It was a great time. They're all jumping around. We're having a good time. Um, and they started disappearing and there's one left and it jumps over the side of the bed. And I was talking to my wife and I'm like, dude, it's super unusual. At that time when we were living in Fallbrook, uh, we didn't have our bed on a, on anything. It was like, it was literally on the ground. But this thing jumps over the bed down to the ground and I go chasing after I'm like, hey, what are you doing, cat? Like, what's going on? And I go to reach under the bed and all of a sudden I get pulled by something this like I was saying just some darkness pulls me and it's like literally jerking me under the bed and once again this is a dream so who knows what it means and it looks at me and I look at it and it's like tell me what you know just directly and normally like I was saying I would pray in my dream I rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and it would go away but at this time I didn't do that I I get this extreme huge grin on my face like like the Joker from Dark Knight if I'm referencing that movie correctly mm -hmm. just huge grin and everything disappears it goes away and for me I don't know how to interpret dreams but at that time I was like I was saying being the banished apostle I was studying theology and getting into the word for all I know, looking back on it, it could have been like, you are going to come into some sort of understanding that no one's going to accept you for. Uh, just two days ago, I was talking to my wife. I was like, I feel like I've been rejected by everybody. Absolutely. Everybody. Uh, a lot of parts on, uh, because of me, not say I was mean or anything like that, but I, I feel like I, I was never accepted by the church. I, I, I joined the military so I can get family because I never had family. My sisters were there, but were they there? Um, I, I joined the church to get family, <laughs> being rejected by them. Luckily, I have a wife and kids, and they're always there for me. But it's not always the same to be able to reach out to someone. Right, yeah. Things. And for all I know, that dream could have literally been saying, like, what you're studying, no one's going to accept you for. And I'm okay with that. Oh, I think you should be okay with that because I think, um, you know, how, how long have you been doing your show? 
well, sorry, not, not to be rude, but it was like they were saying no one's going to care about what you're studying. Mm. And that was the time where I was like, well, that's fine because I'm okay with you now. I'm no longer afraid yeah. what you could possibly do to me. But yeah, I mean, since then, really nothing except for like two days or maybe even this, just this morning with my son. Nothing. Do you... Do you do anything... I'm going to use a word ritualistically, um, but I don't mean it in, in the negative connotation of, of that. Um, do you do anything that, do you do anything to, to, to cleanse your, your, your house to cleanse, you know, to keep your family safe? Do you, um, I, I assume you guys are involved in the church. Um, I mean, have you, with with all the stuff that's gone on, have you ever reached out to someone from the church or somebody who uh, deals in those types of things to cleanse you or, you know, yeah. banish, know. Uh, you know, clear the house or, or bless the house or anything like that? Is that something that you believe in? Is that... Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm black and white when it comes to like reading the scriptures. So I've never like asked someone that is an exorcist to come and bless my house or someone that is a medium to come and like read the room or someone to do incense or anything like that. Um, the only thing I would do is just like before I, I go to sleep at night, which sounds kind of like menial or small, which is pretty, you know, like God protect my house, anything in, in our house. I, I rebuke it. I do that every night myself. Yeah. I don't think there's anything menial about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's probably, but I, I haven't, I haven't practiced that. I've, I've been really frustrated with the church and the way it's going. Um, so like, I don't know. I'm in one of those stages, I guess. And I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the fluctuations of where I am in my life and what God has put me in and how he's going to grow me in these situations. Well, now that know, I'm, my, my issue with organized religion, uh, I've talked about it plenty. I'm not going to bring it back up again. I just, yeah. I, I, there is, there is nothing about organized religion that has anything for me. It is, uh, I, I have, I have had a better spiritual, um, relationship with my creator, whatever that is, whether that's an extraterrestrial entity, whether it's the Anunnaki, whether it's, uh, mm -hmm. God, as we've been told, you know, with the, the gray beard and, you know, sitting in a throne of clouds, um, whether it is whatever it be. I believe in a higher power. I believe in something greater than us, um, yeah. whatever that is. And, you know, I think I still arrive at the same place that many people 
who are overtly religious and, you know, have to go to church every Sunday and they have to live by the word of the Bible. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I talked with a woman for quite some time. Uh, we went out a few times. She was literally going to school in Fort Wayne, Indiana as uh, um, uh, for uh, theology. Yeah. And I asked her, it's like, what is the Bible to you guys in, in the school of theology? What is the Bible? And she's like, it's a textbook. It's not meant to be taken literally, but then you talk to other people and you know, they firmly believe that every word of that book is the only thing that matters. Yeah. And that it is literally the word of God, you know, and, how can I mean this woman was going to school for theology? Yeah. How can there be that big of a difference? In, yeah. In belief no. systems, in in teaching, you know, um, you know, and then you know, I mean, I talked to Christina Rake, who is a wonderful, wonderful interview. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a, a female archbishop of the old yeah. Catholic Church. Yep. You know, and the woman writes a book about the paranormal in God. Well, when I was in church, we were not, we were told that that's divination. Yeah. You don't mess with that stuff. Yeah. That is, and you know, and she can point out points, uh, parts in the, in the old Catholic Bible where that literally talks about honoring the dead by communi communicating and, and communing with the dead. And, you know, it's like, there are so many different ways to go. Which one, which one do you pick? Yeah. You know, yeah. you pick, you pick the one that you grew up with, the one that you were, um, you know, the one that your parents, the, the church yeah. that your parents had you go to. Um, exactly. You know, once I got out of the mindset of having to have, a church to go to a roof to go into. And, you know, I mean, I grew up raised and grew up Catholic, you know, I would go to Christ the King church and I would sit there and at the point of the mass where they said, you know, you, you turn around and you shake hands with everybody and say, uh, peace be with you. Um, literally I'm, I'm looking back and shaking hands with the neighbors from my neighborhood who will not, look at you let alone speak to you monday through saturday yeah but in church they're they got the smile on their face and it's like peace be with you it's so great to see you and you know but yet where were you yeah you know so uh, you know you know i'm not saying that there isn't a uh a church somewhere that would give me what i need uh, i'm yeah. sure there probably is somewhere um, but I have a much more comfortable relationship with my creator and I feel it's more fulfilling than it ever has been when I tried to look at it through the, the periscope or telescope of organized religion. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, you're going to, you know, from a Catholic standpoint, um, you know, you're going to stand up in front of me and tell me what's right and wrong, but yet there's, you know, 33,000 cases of children who have been molested by a Catholic priest 
in the last however many years and that's not a big deal you guys yeah. you guys just shuffle them around and you put them into different communities and nobody knows about it and then all of a sudden it comes out and then they move them to another community and you know they they continue to be able to do what they do um that for me that that's not that's got nothing to do with god that is absolutely got nothing to do with uh my creator so um yeah you know. no, i definitely hear you there i definitely understand where you're coming from um but at the same you know, time i think we end up very close to arriving at the same point you know i just do it my way you do it your way joe bob down the street he does it his way you know as long as you go through life and you're a good person you try to do the right thing you help people when you can you know and and you have faith in in something bigger and i think you i think you do the i think you're doing all the right things you know i yeah. I, I really don't believe that there's going to be a uh, a day where we wake up and there's, you know, great white dome thrown a judgment. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think I think the possibility that there's going to be a a day where I end up standing in front of Jesus Christ and there, and he's going to be like, well, are you coming? Or are you going? Yeah, and I'll be like, dude, I knew it, I knew it, <laughs> I knew it. I'm packed. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm going. You know. Yeah. Um, no, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, if, if, if I can just, um, kind of, it, it's funny because of the position I come from, I'm not too sure. And I don't know how comfortable you feel about saying me saying this. Um, but I, my belief system is actually a Calvinism. Um, so and ex- not only explain that, that for, for those who might not know. So Calvinism being there's uh, five different points and it's, it goes through an acronym of TULIP, uh, total depravity, um, unconditional election. Um, I would definitely recommend cause I'm really, I'm a poor Calvinist because I don't know all of them or I don't, I can't recall all of them. Um, total depravity. Um, and I, I don't know how to spell either. So this doesn't help. <laughs> um, but I believe that you're elected as in there and I'll be staunch about it. You know, if you're elected, that means there's people that are not elected. So there's in any way you parse it. If you don't have a belief system that says everyone will come, that means people will not come. That means there's chosen and there's not chosen regardless of the way you, you split it up. There's always going to be that unless you say everyone will come. Everyone is welcomed. Everyone doesn't matter whether you're the worst person in the world or the best person in the world. Everyone will come. Yeah. There's always an elected and unelected. And that's kind of my belief in Calvinism. Now, I'm also on the outside saying I'm frustrated with the church because I don't believe I'm literally a minority studying the things I study. And I'm talking about like theology, not just cryptids and stuff. And I shouldn't be a minority within the church if people believe the Bible and try to understand it. And I agree with you when it comes to people have interpreted the Bible. So there's meaning that could be lost. 
And if you're a scholar of the, of the Greek texts or the Hebrew text, you'll know that, yes, there's different translations. But I believe the original words that came down through the apostles were true. But when it comes to like the word that is put out in front of us, yeah, there's going to be differences. Yeah. But I, sorry, I, I'm not, not trying to preach or anything like no, that. No, you're, you're absolutely fine. I mean, this, this is an open venue to you, you talk about. I mean, your belief system is, is ultimately what shapes how you experience the things that you've experienced. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. and, and as, as I've said in so many different shows, that's what I love about doing this is I can, I can see things through a different perspective, having talked to somebody like you or any of my guests, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to change my beliefs. It doesn't necessarily mean that I think you're wrong. I think we can both be right because ultimately we both don't know. We we make a choice to, we make a choice to believe something, you know, and as long as you believe in, if, as long as you have a belief and that belief is for for good, <laughs> not yeah. not the other. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> you know, I think we wind up in the same place. Yeah, you know, I mean, I have issues with a guy that can break into a house, rape, and pillage, yeah. and kill, and and do terrible things. Goes to prison, walks down the aisle before he gets executed. And says, I accept Christ into my life. And boom, now he, he can be in heaven too. To me, yeah. that that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, but, I mean, that's that's what they say. Yeah. No. You know? Um, and me uh, going through life, trying to do everything the right way, staying out of trouble, not doing uh, heinous things to other people. I agree. You know, <laughs> it, it's like... It's it's hard to it's hard to sit there and look at somebody like that, and you're going to wind up in the same place. Yeah. For me personally, it's like I could have done all those things and still like been okay. Me personally, yeah. Not to say like my, you know, my mind's like that, but like hey, there's a lot of easier ways of going through life than sure. trying to be a good person. And the world definitely doesn't push you in that direction. Not anymore. Yeah, exactly. Not anymore. And that's, that's the thing I'm looking to my right and my left. And I'm like, where are all the people that say I will support you? Yeah. You're not there. It's kind of (laughs) sad. Well, you know, I mean, I think, you know, I guess if we go, if we go back to the crux of, you know, the banished apostle, um, you know, I can hear it in your voice when you talk about it. it. It's affected you. And and it's a shame that it's had to affect you in the way that it has. But um, I think the question I was going to ask was, how how far into doing your podcast are you? How long have you been doing it? Um, so I've been recording since February. Um, I've been coming up with these ideas since 2020. So right at the beginning of uh, the pandemic. So I think I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that 
even with the issues that you've had in your personal life up until this point, as far as being banished, um, mm. I don't think you could have found a better outlet to surround yourself with maybe not like-minded people, but people that at least talk back and forth, open-minded people. Exactly. Who are not afraid to have conversations about things, who are not afraid to be wrong, mm-hmm. and who don't have to profess to be right. Um, you know, I, I can say that, you know, my beliefs in, and, and not in everything, but, you know, my beliefs in, in some things, man, they can, they can change. I'm and willing it, to. And it's okay <laughs> to change. Yeah. You know, sometimes there's things that come by and it makes more sense than what I was believing before, you know? And, and as long as you can find a little bit of evidence to support that it, it, it's, it's warranted. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not opposed to changing my beliefs. I'm not opposed at all to having conversations with people with different perspectives. That's, that's what's so jacked up about this world anymore is you know it's almost to the point where you can't have a conversation with somebody unless they're a carbon copy of you exactly if they if they don't agree with everything that you say and they get some little snot look on your face because you're different or your opinions don't mesh with what the hell they say who gives a shit yeah you know i mean what are we going to end up just all being the same the same it's mind, no the same, the same belief system. Don't, don't venture out. Don't think outside the envelope, outside the box. You know, that's not going to get us anywhere. No, I, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm open and that you hit it like the nail on the head. The reason why I started all this is to have open communication. Um, it's, it's bad when no one's correcting you. And not say I'm wrong and not say I'm right. But if you don't get correction, how are you supposed to learn? And that's, I mean, not to get into like, like my disabilities when it comes to like learning, but I, I couldn't read until I was like 16, you know, if, if I could read at that age. And so I've had to use other ways of learning things. And discussing, asking the questions is what I've been about. I'm not afraid to be wrong and I'm extremely open to it. But this world, what it's come to, what we live in, it's no longer like that. It's either you agree with me or you're going to be literally banned. You're gone. I don't want to hear this. I'll say hi. Maybe. Maybe. So no, I agree with you. I, I love the openness. I would, I would, I'd offer this up as uh, just a little bit of advice. Um, as far as doing your podcast, um, consider, consider not always just diving into something on your own. Um, consider having guests on that you can have Absolutely. conversations with. Um, you know, look, look to people who are knowledgeable in, in different aspects of, of religion, of different aspects of 
cryptozoology or, you know, extraterrestrials. Have those conversations because those conversations, I think, will help you eliminate that gap that you feel from being ousted from, yeah, you know, your... From what, yeah. from what you were looking for from from the church, um, I think I think when you start having conversations like that, and you're able to see things from different perspectives, doesn't mean you have to change yours. Doesn't have, yeah. doesn't mean you have to change your beliefs. But when you can start looking at something through a different set of lenses than the ones that you've been born with, I truly believe that makes a huge difference. Um, I know it has for me. And, yeah. and that's all I can speak to, uh, you know, is what my experience has been. But, hey, Christopher, let's uh, let's wind this up. We're just yeah. about two hours, which is pretty typical for, for my show. Um, <laughs> let everybody know where they can get a hold of you. If you got website, uh, where they can find your podcast, uh, social media stuff, let everybody know so we can Absolutely. get out there. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Um, yes, you can find me at the Banished Apostle podcast, um, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from. Also, I have social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You can find us at the Banished Apostle podcast. And, of course, you can always email me at the Banished Apostle podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can always reach me there, especially if you just need someone to talk to. But I appreciate you, Eric. I really do. Well, I appreciate you, my friend. Um, it was nice. Uh, it was nice that you reached out to me. Um, I, I've listened to a couple of your episodes. What? Uh, yeah, I have. Um, nice. I, you know, because of whatever reasons, uh, we're not allowed to wear uh, earbud at at work anymore. So that has eliminated a, a good chunk of my ability to listen to podcasts while I'm working, which still just is a thorn in my ass. Uh, <laughs> I, I disagree with it. I, I vehemently disagree with it. And I have voiced my opinion about it several times, but to no avail. Um, I have listened to your show and I think the, the, uh, the the relationship that you have with your wife behind the mic is oh, yeah. is endearing um you both have really good voices for the for the show thank um, you and and so far what i've heard has been has been interesting i do i do get a sense of frustration when i hear you talk though and <laughs> having 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 talked to you now tonight um i think that frustration is now uh, i i understand it yeah. yeah. Um, but Absolutely. I think you're, I think you're doing a good job. Keep going at it. Um, if it's, if it's, a, if it's a passion for you and, and it feels like you're doing the right thing, I encourage you to just keep, keep chipping away at it and, uh, people will come, they'll listen to you. No, I, I appreciate you. And just to give you a recommendation, if you, if you, you specifically, Eric, listen to the podcast again. Don't listen to next week's episode. It's going to be on the Nephilim. I know how you feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I think the topic of the Nephilim is, is, is really cool. I really do. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, 
um, I, I run into issues when we start convoluting Bigfoot with being Nephilim and, and all that stuff. Again, I go back to saying not only is there good and there evil, um, but there are, there are a number of things in between. And I think, I think, you know, I don't think extraterrestrials are demons. I, I, I think there's something else, you know, I think, yeah. I think there's more than just the two classifications and, you know, honestly, I mean, when you look at it, um, religion can't work if, if there's no evil. Yes, exactly. You know, so there's times in my life where I go through periods where I'm like, they work together. Mm, they are, yes. po- they're polar opposites or they present themselves as polar opposites. But you're finite mind, right? But you you can't have one without the other. The effectiveness of one without the other is is it zeroes it out. You know what is what is evil if there is no good? You've got nothing to base it against. And what is good without evil? Because you have nothing to base it against. So, yeah. um, you know, it's it's a it's an ongoing struggle with me in my head almost daily um, yeah. you know and I'm not one of those people that the yeah the head of a church or the Bible doesn't answer those questions for me it 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 doesn't and I wish it would I really yeah. wish it would <laughs> I agree with you I agree uh, you know, that would be easier right yeah so. <laughs> but <laughs> you know um it makes things interesting and it's a lot of food for thought. So absolutely. Uh, how much, how fun would it be if you knew everything? Would it be fun uh, at all? No, no. God, what a burden that would be. Wouldn't it? <laughs> It'd be boring. Yeah. It'd be terrible. <laughs> Christopher, thank you so much for spending your evening with me. I appreciate it. Um, very happy that my voice held out throughout this. Sounds good. Uh, I will, I will let you know as soon as this is ready to release and uh, I'll get you links. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Keep doing what you're doing. Have a good night. You as well. Thank you again. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at uncomfortable podcast 65. If you have a story or an experience that you would like to have aired on the show, please get a hold of me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. Make sure to share the show in any way you can. That's what helps grow podcasts like this. Share it with your friends, family, coworkers. That's the main thing you can do to help continue to grow this show and get it out in front of more people. Thanks for joining me. Please head over to Patreon. See if any of the levels appeal to you. I will see you next week. And as always, stay uncomfortable, my friends.